0: Hi, everyone. It's Bill and Dan. Before we get into this week's episode, we wanted to provide a bit of clarification.
1: On Saturday, April 23rd, 2016, this week's episode was made available at 11.15 a.m. Eastern Time. Shortly after the release, we pulled the episode due to additional information we received that all fan films had not received phone calls from CBS suggesting they shut down their productions. We felt that as a result of this information, we did not want the post to be misleading. And so a rewrite of the podcast post information was needed. There is no change to the actual interview with Tommy Craft. The problem isn't with what Tommy said. It's in what we wrote and we didn't
0: consider possible negative effects. We sincerely apologize to all of the other productions. So to reiterate, as of now, all other fan film productions have not received calls from CBS strongly suggesting they shut down. And we didn't want to cause a problem for any of the productions out there with what we had said.
1: Thanks, everyone. And we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, this is
2: Paul Lang, Captain Harrison Hawk from Star Trek Horizon. And you are listening to the biggest little show this side of any Iconian gateway. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.
0: This little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome, one and all, to the Trek Geeks podcast on episode 56. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. We're always thrilled to have you here. My name is Bill Smith. I'm your co-host, and joining me, as he does every week at this time, it's not a well-known fact, but my co-host is the East Coast distributor of Bartles and James and Seagram's <laughs> Golden Wine Coolers. He is the <laughs> He is the very 80s Dan Davidson Dan. Welcome aboard, buddy. And might I say my 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 my.
1: Well, thank you for your support. I appreciate <laughs> it very much. It's good to be here. Wow. It's going to be well, at least we're starting off with some funny stuff, right?
0: Uh, well, you're here, so yes. Oh, wow. Hello, baboon. Hello. It's a uh, Dan, we're going to be dropping this episode actually before our scheduled drop date. We're going to drop this one early because we think there's some very interesting and timely content, wouldn't you say?
1: Uh, That would be putting it mildly, I think. Uh, Mildly, I think. Um, This week has been a very, uh, I don't know, what would you say? Scary
0: week? Disappointing week? Uh, Surprising? Yeah. Scary? Scary? Yeah, um, um, a, v- a variety of things, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes of it. I don't, do you want me to say what it is now, or should we just surprise people?
0: That's not a surprise. They've they've <laughs> read the the episode title.
1: That's true. Yes. Um, Tommy Craft surprised us all uh, earlier when uh, he announced that he would be dropping his planned project for a Star Trek hora- Horizon sequel titled Federation Rising. We had actually been in um, discussion with Tommy to have him on the show to talk about what Federation Rising was going to be like and the fundraising that was going to start uh, very soon. Um, he was generous enough to still want to come on and discuss what happened. So we're going to talk about what happened.
0: Yes, we are. And as a housekeeping note, this is the episode that would have dropped on Tuesday, May twenty. I'm sorry, Tuesday, April twenty sixth. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes. Um, Since this episode is coming early, there will be no episode this coming Tuesday. This is the one, so you could listen to it twice if you really want to. But the next regularly scheduled episode will resume on Tuesday, May 3rd. So... That sounds sounds like a whole lot of fun, doesn't it, Dan?
1: It does. A week off without having to talk to you. I, I know.
0: Arte, arte with my Seagram's Golden Line Coolers. You know what else sounds like a bunch of fun, Dan? All year long, we're gathering the stories of Star Trek fans for our Trek 50 project. And why don't you tell us a smidge more about it, Mr. Bartles? <laughs>
1: Well, thank you, Mr. James. Yes, everybody, as you all know, we got a big celebration this year, Star Trek's 50th anniversary. We want to hear from you and what it was like the first time that you watched Star Trek and what made it special for you. Um, so we want you to give us a call, send us an email, leave us a voice message on our website uh, to tell us what it was all about and why it's special. Uh, call us directly at 508-784-1701 to leave that voicemail. Go to our website, uh, trekgeeks.com. Uh, There is a button that you can click on to send us a message. You can also go to trekgeeks.com slash trek50 to get all the details. And that button is on that page as well, because we want you to push that button. Tell us what it was like. Push the button. (laughs) Push it. Do it now. Star Trek 50. We're going to be actually uh, releasing a special podcast in September, which is going to be all of you telling us your special stories. And we can't wait to
0: hear them all. Uh, we really can. So please help us out. Send us your stories today and um, star in a podcast. Sounds pretty fun. Okay. Before we get started today, Dan... Let's talk a little iTunes. We've been asking for reviews the past couple of weeks, and we've actually gotten some really great ones as part wow. of this effort. Um, uh, do, do you? Uh, I think you have a couple there that you want to read for us.
1: I do have a couple, and first of all, I want to thank everybody who has gone ahead and uh, posted a review on iTunes for us. We said doesn't matter if it's five stars or one star, we want to hear what you guys think. and. I'm going to be very happy when I say all the ones that we've gotten recently have been five stars. So I guess we're, or I guess one of us is doing something right, and I'm thinking it's you, buddy.
0: I am too, quite frankly. Wow.
1: Okay. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> want to send a big thank you out to uh, uh, Billy uh, who says, "Quote: If you loved Trek at some point in your life, listen to remember why. If you love Trek now, listen to learn new appreciation for what you love." Very succinct. Two quick sentences, and it really hit home.
0: That was really cool. Billy, thank you so much. That's a great review. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Got another one here from Tanaquil that says, and this one's a little longer, so bear with me. If you like my voice, great. If not, sorry. This podcast enhances my life as a Trekkie. These guys are so fun to listen to. Amusing, amazing, and quite entertaining. They're thoughtful and wise. You might think that makes the podcast sound stuffy. It's not. It's lighthearted. Wait, even that word makes it sound not what it is. (laughs) If you love In the Pale Moonlight and or the Corbin Might Maneuver, can revel in the campiness of the Bride of Chaotica, and have 50 ways of making fun of Threshold, you'll enjoy this podcast. I don't like disparaging other podcasts, but there are some that make me cringe for various reasons. Not this one. I have only ever smiled and laughed when listening to this podcast. Every once in a while I gasp, but it's a good gasp. I like it better than coconuts.
0: <laughs> I hate coconut too, so I and I really love that review. That was awesome. Yeah, that was very cool. Thank you, thank you so much.
1: Yes, uh Tanticle, that was a great review. Thank you. And our final one we're going to read tonight is from Trekkie01D and it says If you're looking for a different podcast about Star Trek, this one is worth a listen. Bill and Dan have a beautiful friendship that really comes through each episode. They look at anything and everything Trek, not just their loves, but their dislikes. Every time I listen to them, I think of all the conversations that I have had with friends and strangers at STLV about Star Trek. All opinions and points are listened to and looked at from a logical perspective. The interviews they have done are wonderful, and the fact that they can pull in people to talk with because they don't come across as interviews are phenomenal. I have truly enjoyed this podcast, my second one that I make sure to listen to on a regular basis, and the fact that I have become long-distant online friends with both Bill and Dan.
0: Oh, that's phenomenal. Man. Wow. I uh, It's amazing to me, um, because we started this show not knowing what it was going to be really. Yeah. I mean, we knew kind of what we wanted to do. But we had no idea what the response would be like. And it, uh it means the world to me. It really does.
1: It, it, it means the world to me. And I'm, I, we've said it countless times. We're just two guys that like to, you know, shoot the, bleep and and have a good time talking to each other. And we've just chosen to, to talk about what we love so much. And we're doing it on microphones and sending it out to the world. And people are listening. Drinking wine coolers. Incredibly humbling. And I am drinking my wine coolers right now.
0: Right now. So all of those reviews get entered <laughs> into the drawing for the $25 Amazon gift card, which we'll give away at the end of the quarter. Any review so far that's been submitted in 2016 will qualify for this first giveaway of the year. And then after that, we'll do it every three months. But uh, please um, go to trekgeeks.com slash iTunes. Find out how to submit a review for the podcast. Like we said, one star, five stars, whatever you want. And please be genuine and honest with your review. We don't want to tell you what to say. We want to make the podcast better. So, Just please don't say get rid of Dan. Oh, that was a criteria? Yeah. I got to change my review. I'll be
1: right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Nice.
0: <laughs> Dan, our guest this week, as you mentioned before, is the amazing Tommy Craft. And we had a phenomenal conversation with him, All Things Considered. Yeah. All Things
1: Considered is the asterisk in that sentence because uh, it's been – it's. I can imagine what a tough week or a tough couple of days it's been for him knowing what a tough couple of days it's been for us and the m- almost million people that have watched horizon since the end of February. Um, it was a great conversation. The dude is a class act. And I'm going to say right now, something that I, I said to him offline uh, after our interview and that's um, he is going to get the respect that he deserves at some point in his life. Somebody came up to me the other day and said uh, I was telling him what was going on. And he said, man, once Tommy makes it out in Hollywood, he's going to do great because if there were awards for uh, like Oscar or Academy Awards for online films, he would be winning a best director one for Horizon. So uh, he's handling everything with great grace uh, under pressure. Obviously, I'm sure he's under some stress, but it's a great conversation. Sit back, relax, uh, enjoy our conversation with Tommy Kraft and the unfortunate events of the past couple of days. Originally, our guest was going to be discussing the new fundraising campaign and some of the key plot points for Star Trek Horizon sequel titled Federation Rising. However, Star Trek fans were shocked when Tommy Kraft, the creative mind behind Horizon, announced that Federation Rising was being halted based on a request from CBS. Today, we are happy to have Tommy back on the show, and we certainly wish the circumstances were different. Uh, Tommy, thanks for coming on to discuss the recent events and
2: also talk about uh, an interesting new project that you're going to have coming up. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, when we scheduled to do this, it was, you know, talk all about our big plans for our Horizon sequel, which I and both myself and Ryan, my co-producer and co-writer and Francis Brooks from the movie The Chief Engineer, we were very excited, and we were going to talk about that, but uh, now we've got some other things to talk about instead, so thanks for still having me on. Oh, no problem. It's,
1: it's certainly our pleasure. Let's, um, let's get right into the uh, the big topic of the day, and that is your announcement uh, that uh, Federation Rising was being halted. Can you walk us through um, the actual uh, or parts of the conversation that you had with CBS and what happened to make you decide that this was the best way to, to uh, go forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not a uh, a particularly long story. Um, I got an email yesterday, uh, I think around 1 o'clock, maybe 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And, uh, and by the way, I'll just say for full disclosure, they didn't tell me. I couldn't repeat any of this, so I'm assuming that I can. Um, but it was from a guy named Bill Burke, who I believe is the senior VP of marketing or consumer products or something like that. And he said he used a contact form actually on the horizon website and said, I would like to speak with somebody about the star Trek horizon project. So I responded pretty quickly. Uh, I said, hi, Bill, Tommy Kraft, creator of star Trek horizon. What can I do for you? And he asked for my number next. I gave him my number and then he called me. So this was probably around three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon when he called me and the call was pretty short. Um, He was nice to me, like he didn't seem like a jerk or anything like that. I didn't know (laughs) what to expect. But uh, he was friendly enough, and he just said, you know, Legal reached out to me and asked me to reach out to you and to let you know that they strongly suggest you do not pursue your plans for a sequel because we are aware that you have plans to, to crowdfund for a sequel. And they strongly suggest you do not do that. And then he went on to say that... That, uh, you can be sure that similar conversations are being had with other productions as well and I was kind of taken aback I didn't really know what to say in retrospect I wish I would have asked a few more questions I called him back I don't know probably 20 minutes later to ask him some more questions and he didn't take my call so uh, I mean that and that was the extent of it I mean I didn't really know what else I could say or do I didn't you know, I didn't have much of a choice and I could have ignored it, I guess, because I don't think it w- was strictly speaking, a cease and desist. It wasn't uh quote unquote. It felt more like a uh, a warning or a heads up to me. Mm-hmm. It felt more like they were saying there's a lot of legal troubles. And he did say that this is directly a result of the legal trouble with the acts in our case. Those were his words. OK. And he uh and um and that was that was basically it so i said okay i guess i'll cancel my project then and that was the end of the conversation i didn't want to ignore it because uh i didn't want to risk getting in further trouble and i didn't want to risk possibly raising the money i was going to raise and then not being able to make a movie uh and 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 that was the the end of the short lived sequel federation rising wow that's um that's all
0: Incredible, uh, you know. I woke up this morning to the news. I had gone to bed because I, I, I get tired early. I'm old. I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> and Dan you. had pinged me around midnight or so to let me know. And I got up this morning and I almost spit my coffee out reading the news. Um, have wow. you been surprised at the reaction from mm-hmm. fans and from the internet in general?
2: Um, kind of, not really. Okay, it, just in. I, well, I guess what I'm... I don't know. I'm not really surprised at all, come to think of it. But it, because the reaction is so split, which is kind of what I expected, there seems to be basically two camps. The camps that say this is all Axnar's fault, and the camp that says this is all CBS's fault. And like everything in life, I don't necessarily believe that there's just one pure reason for anything. Sure. Uh, but I feel like certainly there's a lot of people who are... Passionate about this subject, and you know, overnight we got on our post that we were uh, shut down, got thirty thousand impressions on Facebook overnight. Wow! um, Which is and almost none of those. I think only like a thousand of them were non organic. So there was there's a lot of interest in the topic right now, a lot of people are are curious what's going to happen. And you know, it's unfortunate too. So I was talking with. Someone else about this, and he said it's sad that we're coming up on Star Trek's 50th anniversary, and the only thing everybody's able to talk about right now are lawsuits and projects getting shut down. Right, and it, it is sad, it kind of sucks that that's the way it is, but there's been a pretty tremendous outcry, I think, uh, not over just the Axonar project but over mine as well being shut down because a lot of people wanted to see, you know, our, our sequel where we're going to take those characters and what we were going to do to finish out the Romulan War, and it's just This must be what it feels like um, when, you know, the creators of a TV show get their show canceled. You know, Uh, it just kind of sucks. So clearly, I mean, CBS didn't
0: have to call you. Right. Um, Do you do you take that as some sort of of proactive decision on their part to avoid adding people to the lawsuit?
2: I do. And I was really appreciative for that. I, I mean, I think you can look at it two ways. One, you could just say, Hey, they don't want to spend any more people suing people or spending more money suing people as I'm going to say, or two, they don't want to be the a big bad corporation that kills everyone's fun. And so they were genuinely looking out for me. And that's kind of, that's kind of the impression that I got. I mean, granted, I don't know Bill Burke and I don't know anybody else at CBS. But the conversation, the tenor of my conversation was friendly enough, and the impression I got was that, hey, we're trying to, to let you know that you shouldn't do this. And the fact that it was not like an actual like official legal letter that said cease and desist, right. the fact that it was kind of a, a conversation that went through channels, as it seemed, to say that we think you sh- shouldn't do this, tells me that they were looking out for me in a way, like saying, we don't want to sue you. And he did say historically we've been supportive of fan films because of everything going on. We're having to change how we do things, and it just—I was appreciative of that because that was much better to me. And in some ways, I was actually relieved when I got the when I had that conversation with him because that was so much better than me raising, you know, uh, exorbitant—not exorbitant, but you know, any amount of money on Kickstarter. And then, getting told after I have the money in my pocket that hey you can't make this movie right um because uh, there's just so many issues with that, so it was it 's not something they had to do, and I did appreciate that
1: i think i, I gotta I gotta actually applaud cBS for doing that if that 's the case, Tommy, because you know, like you said, there's such a divide online about people that think cBS is a big bad guy, and there's other people that think that Xnr is a big bad guy they didn't have to do this. There's no reason for them to do this other than what you just said. You know, maybe it's perhaps that they are a lot better than a lot of people think they are, that they did this. One of the things that I was going to ask you, and I think you kind of answered it already is over the course of the day, I was wondering myself, well, you know, Tommy's movie was a full length feature. Um, X was a full length feature that was being planned. So you got to wonder if CBS was trying to, uh, do something to just those that were looking at a full-length feature, and you did such a fantastic job with Horizon with minimal funds. But based on what you said a few minutes ago, if they're reaching out to other things, it sounds like they're going to start, you know, swinging the hammer, as you put it in the uh, in in your post yeah. yesterday, uh, with with a lot of other uh, productions.
2: Well, one of the things when I was uh, on the phone with Vic Mignana from Star Trek Continues, and I was talking to him about this general issue. And, you know, I was, I was asking him what he thought about it and why he thought that they would email me or, or call me. And I said, there's, there's basically two ways or two reasons I think that they would do it. One, which I think is incredibly unlikely and silly is that they're afraid of me and what kind of money I could raise or whatever. My movie was so good. They're like, Oh, we can't let them make another one. Or two, they were trying to look out of me or look out for me. And Vic just said, you know, Tommy, bro, uh, they're not afraid of you. They're not afraid of nothing <laughs> um, and I think that's true Uh you know the thing that I think I don't know CBS has so much money compared to any of us and so much power that I feel like legally speaking they could do just about whatever they want you know if they wanted to they could come have my books audited the, the twenty eight thousand dollars I spent to make horizon They could come sue me and take my TV and my car and whatever. And, you know, it's all just a matter of if they want to do it. And granted, that would be silly because it would be a loss for them. They would spend more money suing me because I have basically nothing uh, than they would getting things. But they still didn't, you know, that wasn't the approach they took with me. And so I've, from the beginning, tried to maintain a new troll standpoint on this and and what the reasons might be and all i can say that i know for sure is that there were and have been a lot of productions that have raised a lot of money and there's been a lot of productions that have raised little or to no money and there's been a lot of feature length stuff and it was something about the axonar project in general i believe that caused them to have a change of opinion now whatever that may be People can speculate on on, and there's some facts to the situation that some people know and others don't, but there it's just, it's too coincidental. Even if you don't have any facts that everything was hunky dory until, you know, this one production and then all of a sudden things change and it's not the quality by the way. Uh, You know, it's when people like I've seen comments on my own movie on horizon, people saying, You know, this looks better than a J.J. movie. And my response is always, well, first, thank you. That's a huge (laughs) compliment to me because J.J. is my favorite director. But two, because they they sure don't mean it as a compliment, I don't think. Right? But for two, you know, there's there's no way that my $28,000 movie looks like a $200 million movie. It just doesn't. And I think anybody... You know, any serious movie goer or whatever would realize that, that one's a fan film and one's not. Uh, and so I see that's there's just that, that argument that, oh, CBS is scared of quality has always not jived with me because it doesn't make any sense because there's just not a comparison between our stuff and the $200 million productions, in my opinion.
0: I, I don't think CBS is scared of quality. I think that... They're scared of the possible dilution of their product by a, another production. Um, that That's just always been my gut feeling. And I think that everybody else that may be impacted th- by this, whether it's you or it's other productions, is now just collateral
2: damage. Oh, I think you're right. Exactly. The, it, it started with Axonar, And then legally speaking, I think CBS is probably taking action because they f- feel like, it wouldn't look good legally to take action against one, but not the rest. Uh, And, you know, it's, there's so many things involved with this, like the whole plan to the whole movie studio thing. And I've said before that, you know, this is just my opinion being an armchair lawyer, but you know, if 20th century Fox were to come out and say, we're going to be, we're going to make the first of independent professional Star Trek production. The, There's no way that would fly. CBS would have a C and D at 20th century Fox's door in less than a day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as soon as you have a group of people that are, you know, that, and you know, they tried to form their own studio, their own production company, Aries productions or whatever it was, Aries studios studios. And yep. And they were making a for-profit business off of this. And you know that in in calling it the only professional independent star trek production right. right and i think they tried very hard to shirk the fan film label and be viewed as a quote unquote real movie and i feel like a lot of that kind of stuff may have crossed the line again it's just my opinion i don't know and it does you know it does start to bring in some dilution of the product as you said the product gets diluted and then you also have to think down the road too it's Axonar now making two million dollars or one, one to two. And then maybe a couple of years from now it's Axanar again or some other people that are making five million to make a quote unquote independent professional Star Trek production. Then it's ten. And the next thing you know, twentieth Century Fox is doing it. So at what point do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And I think for whatever reason, good or bad, the Axenar case caused them to really reconsider where they would draw the line and we see how that's working out. It's such a shame if that,
1: if, if, if that's what's going to be the end result and it comes out that that is exactly what the, what the reason for all of this is. There's a ton of, as you said, armchair lawyers out there saying that that may be what happened. And then there are others saying it has nothing to do with it. Um, right. I think that it's safe to say that we're in the the boat where we believe what you just said to be the case and it really is unfortunate for such a huge uh, fan base to now have to be going through this and as you said 50th anniversary we got so many things planned for this year we're coming up to Vegas in a few months and this is going to be the top story it seems from my perspective going forward about all the negativity that's going to come out about this because there's going to be huge negativity viciousness on both sides of this as a result of of your production stopping and what's going on with Axanar and if any other ones are next, there is going to be this bubbling of resentment, which I think will be unplaced towards CBS. I will have to say in my opinion, it is their right to do this based on their intellectual properties. They've been very lenient, like you said, and you have put out magnificent work. Others have put out great work. And it's a shame that if it's one Bad seed has caused the entire table to go rotten. It's really gonna put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths.
2: Yeah, I mean it really is. And um it's there's so much work that has gone into fan films, and you think about like continues and new voyages, like how like they've rebuilt all those sets. You have Starbase Studios in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, it's just, there's been so much passion there and, and it sucks that, you know, it's, it's not looking good for all of that passion, you know, it's that people aren't going to be able to have that outlet, that creative outlet anymore. And, um, it's, you know, it's just, it's, we've had people raising large sums of money before, and then things changed. And I don't know if, like, when Renegades had all their kickstarters, if CBS was starting to mm. reanalyze things at that point, and then, like, with Xanar, they just said that's the final straw, or you know what it was that really caused them to to go over the edge. There's a lot of rumors yeah. on on one side or the other, and some of it is substantiated and some of it is not. I think, but it's. It's too bad we can't have a thing like with with Star Wars where it's like embraced. Exactly. But the thing is, it kind of used to be. It it was unofficially embraced anyway. Right. Um, And I think the reason why it's probably not embraced more by CBS is if they draw a line in the sand, if they set hard and fast rules, then they have to adhere to them. and, And they also are then accidentally possibly creating loopholes that people can then exploit, uh, to possibly take advantage of CBS's properties. So I think from their position, it's probably smarter business to just say, we're going to let this slide until we aren't going to let it slide. Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of what's happened, I think. Well, and then if they create
0: rules, somebody has to police those rules. Yes, and that's either a person or a team of persons, and they're not going to be making fifteen dollars an hour to police that. So it, it'll be, right. you know, a lot of money. And so if if they do that, and I understand that's what some fans want, but it shoots everybody in the foot if that's the the action they have to
2: take. Yeah, and, and I mean it. It all comes back to the money. Like, why would they? create rules if it's not going to be financially beneficial for them. I think in the past it was not it was neither here nor there, even like for renegades with them. Because, you know, there's a there's a lot of Star Trek fans that like these fan films, but it's not I feel like they're different audiences than the people who will go see a JJ movie. And at least largely different audiences. There's some crossover in our Venn diagram. But uh, it's, it wouldn't, I, I guess they just probably felt like why bother taking the time or the money or the effort to really look into these rules and setting them down and enforcing them when we can just do that. If we get to a point where we have to. Sure. Um, and I guess they got to that point sadly. And, you know, it sucks because Ryan and I came up with a really cool story that we really liked and wanted to tell. um, and you know, there's a lot of other fan film creators out there that have cool stories that they want to tell too. And you know, it's just it's frustrating. It is to think that because of one thing, this kind of this whole thing kind of crumbles. You know?
0: Well, you know, you mentioned Federation Rising. Let's talk about what could have been. You know, when last you were on our show, you talked about how. You weren't necessarily sold on doing a sequel at that point, And it would take a lot to get you to do it. What changed your mind before all this happened?
2: Well, it's it's kind of a long story, but I'll try to nutshell it. the The basic thing was, for me, I want to be a professional filmmaker. I want to be an actual, like, in the industry working writer-director. And when I did Horizon, it was a step forward for me probably many steps forward in terms of my career, not in the sense that like it was taking me to big places, but in the sense that I learned so much from doing that movie. And I felt like it made me a a million times better filmmaker making that movie. Sure. And, and a lot of it's because I had to do so much of it myself, but looking forward after that, I felt like I was ready to take the next step, And do something with a bigger budget, with an actual crew, and that could possibly get distribution and stuff like that. And especially the idea of doing a Horizon sequel, one, that's not possible, the distribution and oftentimes the bigger budget's not possible, etc. But two, um, doing it in Michigan was not a good idea for me because I'd done that. I, did, I made a movie in my parents' basement, right. and I'm proud of the movie I made. But doing it again in that fashion would be a step sideways for me in terms of progressing my goal of becoming a professional writer-director. So I was talking, I got a call from Paul Lang, the guy who played Captain Hawk in the movie. And Paul, I consider him a good friend, especially after working together for so long. And he pitched to me for about an hour <laughs> why I should make a sequel and how it could be beneficial to me and the gist of his hour-long conversation with me was that you have to get out to la under any circumstances if you want to do this professionally you have to move to la and meet people here because he's in la and and do uh, jobs in la and get contacts in that area because that's where everyone is and so his suggestion was how about you crowdfund a sequel and you make it in la you get enough money to where you can account for the higher cost of production in L.A. So, for example, when I was looking at doing a basic budget for this, I wanted to have 16 shooting days in a row. Mm-hmm. And to rent a an average green screen stage to shoot on was around $1,500 a day. So for 16 days of shooting, it would have cost $24,000, which is almost as much as it costs to make Horizon altogether. Sure. So paul's thing was raise actual money we were going to look to go 200 to 300 grand and then make it like a real movie in terms of like you come out to la and shoot it on an actual green screen not in your parents basement you get somebody to run the camera for you so you don't have to run it yourself you get you know your first assistant camera your second your your grips your assistant director to actually run the production so I could make another fan film, another horizon sequel. And I could also learn finally what it was like to direct a real quote unquote production where it wasn't just me doing everything because it was my passion project. And so once I started thinking of it in terms of like, okay, well this doing this again is something that I can learn a lot from and really become a better filmmaker with. uh, I started to allow myself to really think about what would be possible with a sequel. And I got excited about the story that we're coming up, and Ryan and I, Ryan Weber, were talking about this a lot. And over the past few weeks, we have been having four-hour Skype sessions literally almost every day to write this stinking movie. And we were very excited about what we came up with. We had the basic premise of we were gonna take place around three months before the signing of the Federation Charter. And we were going to Showcase the final battle in the Romulan War, and we're going to showcase how we get from the Coalition of Planets to the Federated United Federation of Planets, uh-huh. and we're going to do the Battle of Sharon and all this stuff. And we had a lot of really great character stuff in there. For anybody who watched the first movie, Tamar, our Romulan defector turned human, basically, and Helm Officer has this great monologue that Callie did, the actress, where she talks about how terrible her father was. And so Ryan and I, in scripting this movie, we decided that we were going to have her father be our big bad this time around. And there was a lot of really great drama we had in between Tamar and her father. Uh, And a lot of, you know, if I do this to myself, a lot of really great character building that we were both really excited about and really proud of. And we were going to further her friendship with Francis, the chief engineer. Who hated her and make them kind of, um, you know, unhappy friends in a way. Sure. Uh, and we had Captain Hawk as like the moral centerpiece of our movie because uh, the Admiral Gardner was going to come back and he he was doing some shady stuff. Uh, and we were going to have Captain Styles, the classic TOS character, who refers to his his um, you know ancestor Styles. We're yes. gonna have Captain Styles be the captain of the NXO2 because something happened to Ramirez and he winds up dying, but he was close friends with Hawk, so there's all this great character drama between with Hawk and with Gardner, because Gardner basically gets Styles killed. I'm jumping all over the place here, just giving you brief um, <laughs> oh, sure brief bullet points. But there was a lot of really cool stuff, and we were even gonna have the Omega Mo- molecule in there. Oh wow. Um, which was Ryan and I came up with it. We're like, oh, this is a great idea. Like it was it was really exciting. Um, And so there was just a lot of uh, really cool Star Trek stuff that wasn't just just there for fan service, but actually really lended to the story. And what we tried to do and what I always try to do when working in a universe that already exists, i.e. not something I've created, I try to find the perfect marriage of what has come before and adding my own thing to it. And that's Ryan's philosophy as well. And so we came up with what we thought was this really cool story where we were able to bring in elements of other Star Trek and past Star Trek and add our own elements to it to create a really interesting story. And we were honestly expecting this movie to probably be around two to two and a half hours long, Oof. whereas the first one was an hour and 40 because we just had so much ground to cover with founding the Federation. Right. And one other thing that I think was really cool is uh, we were going to have bear- Basically, the president-elect of the Federation, um, be Ambassador Salak, who was our Vulcan ambassador from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're going to have this cool stuff where uh, he was going to go meet with an old Klingon uh, acquaintance that he had. And there was going to be kind of coming back to it throughout the movie because they were seriously outnumbered for the coming battle at Sharon. So he was going to go get this Klingon friend involved to get some of his ships in the battle. And we were going to work a little bit tentatively with, uh, with the Klingons, even though they kind of hate each other, but the Klingons approach was going to be, well, we hate the Romulans even more. So we'll work with you for now. Um, so we were, we were going to do it all, man. We're going to have Romulans and Dorians, Tellarites, Klingons, and it was going to be a really cool star Trek story. And, And it's just, it's too bad that it'll never see the light of day now, other than, you know, just the basic bullet points that I've explained to you. Wow. I gotta say, through
1: listening to that entire list, I think the one that stood out to me, which I kind of perked up a little bit on, was the whole idea of Captain Styles. Uh yeah. Bill and I have had discussion about uh Balance of Terror is one of our favorite episodes. And it was amazing that even in TOS time, you still have bigots and racists like Styles appeared to be in that episode. So to right. have his father, that would have been freaking awesome, man. Oh, <laughs>
2: The, it was. I thought so too. Because we had this thing where the premise, the whole premise for the story, was that the colony, uh, a coalition colony on Devron, was nuked by the Romulans, like an actual nuclear attack. And this is really like offensive to the coalition, obviously. And so Gardner, Admiral Gardner, uh, sent this fleet out there, including Enterprise, to investigate it, and they went missing. And he's really, really a, you know, he really wants to get there because there's something on Devron that the Robulans were after. And uh, so what he does is he winds up sending the NXO2, Columbia, and the NXO4, our ship Discovery, out to investigate. But at the last minute, uh, he takes over command of Columbia from Captain Styles and says, I'm going to be commanding this for now. And so Styles is basically relegated to just hanging out on the bridge um and we had these scenes previously with hawk and styles where we showed their friendship and styles you know he talks about his kids Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and so when they get to devron it's we find out that gardner actually had a secret listening post a la Pajem and enterprise where uh there was installed beneath the civilian colony which is what got that colony nuked. The Romulans found out about it, and he basically wound up getting everyone in that colony killed. Wow. Uh, and, this, and Columbia, when Gardner goes down to the listening post to retrieve the information, Columbia gets attacked, and it's unfortunately destroyed as well. <laughs> and so there we have the inevitable death of Captain Stiles. Yep. But we also have this really great character building stuff with him and Hawk, where we know they're friends and we know that uh styles is uh you know he has this family and we even had a couple of lines in there too to really sell it that that the that the uh Columbia was going to get decommissioned after the Romulan War. And Styles says something about how you know I'm really sad that I won't have a ship and Hawk says don't worry, you know, you'll get another ship after this. And then of course he winds up dying. Oh, wow. And so it was what we thought was a really cool tie-in to TOS but also really fit well in our story and made this, you know, where we had to have the Columbia destroyed for our story. It made it so much more emotionally impactful because there was a character that we now cared about. Right. So uh, and I was actually, fun fact, going to have Vic Mignogna play that role. Um, oh, it's Captain so, Styles. Yeah. Oh. Because uh, oh. I was talking to Vic and Vic was like, I loved your first movie. I'd love to be, you know, in the second one. And then, of course, literally a day after I had that conversation with Vic, where he said he'd love to be in it, oh. I no, actually, it was it was the same day. I I apologize, it was the oh, same day, man. literally after I hung up with Vic, uh, I got the email from CBS, like right as I hung up. So uh, it would have been really cool, you know. I love Vic; he's great and continues. And it would have been a nice fan film tie-in as well. Wow! But unfortunately not meant to be, it seems.
1: Well, let let me ask you this. This is, I kind of say this half serious and half joking, but it's been a crazy 24 hours. So I'm sure it's nothing that's actually even entered your brain. That story idea is awesome. And I want to quote unquote, see it in any way possible. Have you given any thought to possibly pitching that idea to pocketbooks as a novel? Because I'm a big Star Trek novel guy and that would be great.
2: Uh, You know, when you said that, uh this may not have entered your mind. My thought was I'm pretty sure everything's entered my mind the past twenty-four hours. Uh you were right. That did not enter my mind at all. Um I I had not given that any consideration, but honestly the problem now is though I've I've kind of given it all away on the air here. <laughs>
1: well, so if I, anybody talks about it, we will find them and we will kill them. Right.
2: <laughs> Which would be unfortunate since it's a public podcast. But uh but, you know, I hadn't thought about that. It's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, I could, I you know, if they'd like to do it. Sure. That would be great.
0: Tommy, it's okay. Nobody listens to this know show anyway. I would, what, what was that? Nope. Nobody listens to this podcast anyway. It's okay.
2: <laughs> oh, good. Glad to hear it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> then I can say whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
1: So, well, let's do this then now, Tommy. Um. Uh, let's put Federation Rising uh, off to the side for now, because even though this is news that we did not want to hear and are not happy about, uh, you do have some uh, additional news uh, about a project that you and Ryan have been working on. What can you tell us about that new project, which I believe you're going to have an announcement coming up soon for the world.
2: Yes. Uh, So Ryan and I have discovered over the years working on, it's hard to believe now, but years, working on horizon together that we work very well together as an actor director relationship and as writer co-writers and co-producers and it's because in a lot of ways we are the same person it turns out um but we also for me personally and for ryan we both want to tell stories as filmmakers and I always knew that whatever I and I did this too with Horizon. I had developed multiple projects in the process of Horizon, uh, and so Ryan and I were also developing stuff in you know on the side as well while we were developing Federation Rising. And so we we both being the huge sci-fi and Star Trek fans that we are, it's been very impactful in our lives, Star Trek has and the ideals that set forth. I mean, I've talked at length before in other podcasts about how Star Trek literally helped change my life and inform my worldview. And so this story that we have is a space story and um it's it follows the same notions and ideas that w- that made Star Trek popular. It's that that kind of uh You know, bringing hope back to humanity. That's, that's our, our goal of this story. And so, um, you know, just ahead of the announcement here, I'm sure, but the general, uh, you know, idea or principle of the story is that it will take place in the near to distant future. And it will be in a time kind of like now where people have completely given up on the idea of going to the stars and working together for a better future and our story follows this group of people who is able to basically unite you know people from all over the world in this common interest of going to space again and so and they and they they do that's that's the jumping off point for our story they get the world excited about traveling to space again and then we spend you know the the other two-thirds of our movie In space and exploring, uh, you know, a new world with a new civilization, basically. So it's very much about this optimistic, you know, hope message that we can be better. We can do more with ourselves and we can work together for a common good in the future. And being huge Star Trek fans that Ryan and I are, we felt like that story really resonated with us. Because we feel like that is something that, you know, Gene Roddenberry also wanted. Um, and so, I mean, other than that, it's not, you know, other than sharing those core values, it's, it's not a Star Trek story. It's a completely original project, but it is inspired in that way by our love for that franchise. Does the project have a name yet? It does. The name is Project Discovery. We're going nice. to make the, nice. uh, the, the nice announcement. Time on saturday what was that
1: nice tie-in
2: yeah uh i hope cbs doesn't sue me and say that's the name of the ship you used in your fan film but it's also uh it's also a space shuttle so that's where the name comes from Ah. um so it's it's kind of it's it's one of those like dual meaning things you know it's the name of the space shuttle discovery but uh but it's also what the core principle of the movie is about as well
0: so are you going to be doing this out in L.A., I would figure?
2: Yeah. Basically, the idea is to, is to do what we were going to do on Horizon, but now do it with an original project. Awesome. Um, we are planning to launch our Kickstarter for this original movie on Saturday. So everybody who's interested, you know, who really liked what I did with Horizon and, you know, what I did on that movie for $28,000, if you'd like to see a great space story, uh, a la Star Trek, but not Star Trek. And you, uh, and you feel like. You know, it could be better than Horizon with a little more money, then check it out, you know, because that's what we're going to go for. We're going to try to do what we did before, but better and do it in an official way with an original project.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I would. I think it's safe to say that uh, people have liked what they have seen with Horizon, because as of right now, you've got, uh, what is it, 500 or, or close to a million views? 947,000 views, I think it is, something like that? Yeah. yeah. nine forty-seven. um because it is a fantastic, fantastic film, Tommy. Um, Thank you. We'll be looking for updates uh, for the Kickstarter. I assume you'll probably have a Facebook page for that, similar to what you had for Horizon.
2: Uh, I hope- might just rename the Horizon page. I haven't decided oh, okay. yet. So.
1: Okay, great. Well, well I'll tell you what. Um, we will be looking out for all kinds of updates on it. We're very excited uh, for this project, because Federation Rising isn't going to happen. We will keep our eyes open. And I got to tell you, man, from the heart, listening to you tonight and how you're handling all of this, there are some people that can learn from how you're doing this, man, because you are a class act and yes. you have thank got you. a respect level that is through the freaking roof right now, man. Uh, we are really sorry to see what has happened. Uh, we wish you all the luck in the world with your future endeavors because if Horizon is any indication, you are going to be hitting them out of the park very often, sir.
2: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And uh, uh let 's hope you 're right about that let 's hope uh, people <laughs> stay around and uh and uh hopefully the people who are mad about federation rising and the others getting cancelled can at least uh you know enjoy other things that we have to offer as well because I think you know it 's stories that they would like to so here's hoping and thank you by the way i appreciate that.
1: absolutely and you're welcome on the show anytime folks his name is tommy craft he is the brains and creator of star trek horizon and the short-lived federation rising but we will keep it in our hearts forever and uh, we look forward to talking to you again in the future sir thank you very much
2: thank you i appreciate it
0: Dan, I think you'll agree that Tommy handled this entire situation with grace and poise, and he has demonstrated what it's like to be an adult working in the entertainment industry.
1: Without a doubt. Um, He is what I would consider an ambassador to what fan productions are. And should be. And should be. There are there are a few out there that are right up there on that list with Tommy. But for to, to hear him talk the way he did with what had just happened and to handle it with such poise and responsibility and understanding that it's not CBS's fault was tremendous, I think, from his perspective.
0: That is one of the significant takeaways. We're going to come back to that one in a second, but let's talk about the very first one in the interview. And that is that all of the productions have been or are receiving calls from CBS.
1: Yeah, that was uh, one hell of a shock to me. Um, it's something that we've been concerned with for a while. Um, but to hear him say that that is what the conversation was about with um, the executive from CBS, it makes me start shaking. Um, we are now looking at the possibility that everything is going to get shut down, um, regardless of how good or how bad it might be, or the, the productions themselves. Everybody has had this wonderful opportunity over the years to do what they love, and that's make fan productions about Star Trek. And now we're looking at, as I said, during the 50th anniversary, when it's supposed to be a time of celebration and joy, we're looking at this awful situation, which is going to do nothing than more than piss people off, get people mad on both sides of the equations. And frankly, it sickens me.
0: Well, let's be honest about what's happened here. Axanar has peed in the pool and now everybody has to get out. What's likely going to happen. And we, we have nothing other than the conversation we just had as far as information. So what you all have heard is what we've heard. And the you know, the summary that I'm left with is that it's open season on fan films. And by the way, thanks Axenar. Hashtag. Is a, hashtag. Thanks Axenar. This is all because of you. Yeah, it's your I, I, fault.
1: I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and you and I've had this discussion. I've been one who has been kind of sitting back, so that as as a as a podcaster, I want to hear what's going on from both sides. And I'm not saying that anybody who doesn't do that isn't. Doing anything wrong or doing anything wrong because they're not. It's just the way that I wanted to do it. I want to see what's going on. The events of the last couple of days have completely shifted my opinion on how I am approaching this from now on. I am done being neutral about this. I think that what is happening based on the information that we have been given and what we have heard, in my mind, there is only one cause of this problem, and it is what is going on with Axanar. I think that. Anybody who is not responsible enough to understand that and stand up and say, yeah, it is the problem, is fooling themselves and a lot of other people who are following them.
0: CBS is not doing a a damn thing wrong. Nope. It is their right under the law to take this action against Alec Peters and Axenar. I have not been as neutral as you have been in the last couple of weeks. We haven't talked about it on the air, but I got booted from the fan group a second time. And then I was called a hater and a drama queen. And at that point, I was done. I did mm-hmm. nothing. Yep. I, I didn't post in that group. You know, it was just it's further proof to me that it's the Wild West out there for Axanar. And the only thing that they care about is Axanar and nothing else. It's not... From my perspective, it's not about the fans anymore. It's not about making the movie. It's about being right. And we all lose as fans when that is the stated goal. When the goal now is to beat CBS or to get CBS to come to the table, instead of doing the right thing, then we all lose. And unfortunately, those of us who have donated money have already lost. We're never going to see Axanar.
1: You know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. I don't give a flying frog's fat ass about that anymore. To be blunt. I don't I don't care about the money I gave. I care about what's going to be happening going forward. And I want to see productions continue. And now that is in serious jeopardy because of one production. And I know that people are going to stand up on the on one side and say, Well, CBS didn't have to do this. No, they didn't have to do this, but Axenar didn't have to do it either.
0: Well, the only way for CBS to protect their property was to take action. So what do they do? Do they they let somebody raise, you know, $1.1 million or more to create a film and then keep going back to the well for crowdfunding Mm -hmm. and to release something that looks like, I don't know, a Star Trek movie? Yeah. With property that they own and to call it a professional independent Star Trek production when it's – until they get sued and when they call it a fan film after that? It's funny how that happened, isn't it? Yeah. It's really funny. It's not funny. I uh, I just it's absurd to me. It's ludicrous. I understand that people support Axonar and the whole I stand with Axonar" thing. That's fine. But at this point now, it's it's not just Axonar. It's not just Horizon and Federation Rising. We're looking potentially at New Voyages, the granddaddy of all Star Trek fan films. Mm-hmm. We're looking at Continuous. We're looking at Renegades. We're looking at You know, any of the others, whether it's Captain Pike or Potemkin or uh, Starship Valiant or you name any one of a number of things that are either slated to or are going to try to be made. Those are all now theoretically in jeopardy because of this. And, you know, based on our conversation with Tommy, the calls are being made.
1: Yeah. Um, And (laughs) uh It's funny. This is – I don't – I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek but kind of not. You think what the Star Wars fan people are thinking right now. They're probably standing there for those that don't like Star Trek and are just Star Wars people, which is kind of rare probably. They're probably laughing their butts off right now.
0: I don't even think they care. And, yeah. you know One of the things uh, – Yeah, that's true. One of the things that really just sort of bothers the hell out of me is that we hear, well – You know, Disney and Lucasfilm have rules for fan films and they have they have fan film awards. Well yeah, but their fan films aren't any longer than five minutes and they either have to be a parody or a documentary, from what I understand. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that's that's not what it's about. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you I'll tell you one other thing that really uh grinds my gears, as Peter Griffin likes to say, is (laughs) we see online left and right, all of these comments Oh, we have so much information that we wish you could, sh- we could share with you. You know what? If you're going to drop that out there and just leave it there, just don't even bother putting it out there. That sounds like the biggest bunch of BS or the biggest way to cover your ass that I've ever heard. Don't do it. If you're going to, if you have something to say, say it because all you're doing is, is keeping people dragging along thinking that something good is on the way.
0: We're recording this. You know, on an evening where they just barely sent an email through their Kickstarter system. Mm. You know, and stay tuned for a major update on Monday. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's because you have nothing. You have to tease things to keep people interested because you have nothing. You can't make a movie right now because the court won't let you. Nobody wants to be attached to the project, you know, because... It's being sued, and is probably not going to get made. And what's the major update? Something from the lawyer? Maybe he found someone to play Garth. Maybe I doubt it.
1: I don't know, man. It's just it it is it's it's so frustrating because I'll tell you what: as we were listening to what the details of Federation Rising was going to be like. I was getting more and more pissed off, to be perfectly honest with you, because it sounds like it was going to be an incredible story, and now we're never going to see it. We're never going to see it.
0: No, we're not. I used to support Axenar. I donated twice, as did you. Hmm. I donated twice my money, the money that I work hard for every week, just as everyone who donated works hard for every week. And then it became a series of, well, there are delays. And, well, we got to rewrite this. And we added some stuff to the script. It's really going to be great. It's the best Star Trek, Star Trek script ever. And then, oh, construction. But we've only got two people doing construction. So it's going to take a while. And then we're using all professionals. And, oh, well, we had this warehouse planned, and we can't use that one. So now we have to find this one. It's been a never-ending series of excuses and delays and fundraising. And, oh, and sorry, in one scene. Right. One scene for a fundraising mm. <laughs> that was nothing more than a walk and talk. All green, green screen. screen. None of it shot inside screen. the studios.
1: Yep. It was outside in a parking lot with a green screen.
0: And they had to use the natural lighting. Exactly. Or they relied heavily on it. Let's put it that way. And had to keep changing the angle of the green screen to catch the sun. Great. Congratulations. It, uh there's not going to be a movie. I understand if you support Axenar. I understand if you love the concept of it. Because we loved the concept. Right. Prelude was amazing. No. You know what? It's not amazing. I thought it was when we when we first watched it. But I think that's because we fell in love with something new. Because it gave us what we wanted. If you go back and watch that now, it's not amazing. The script is okay. I haven't watched it in a while. You know... JG is JG is good. Tony Todd is great. Mm-hmm. Kate Vernon is really good. Richard Hatch does a passable Klingon. Yeah, Alec's not great at all. Now it's not because I have a problem with Alec Peters. It's because it's just not great.
1: Right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, some people may get aggravated or or pissed at us for for what we're saying tonight, uh, today, during the podcast, and 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 the tone that we're having. But I think it's very justified over what's gone on on the last couple of days. Is it going to cool down? Am I going to cool down? Probably. Am I going to change my mind about where I stand right now? No, it's not going to happen. Not after what's happened and not what is potentially going to happen. If something changes, my attitude towards one production is not going to change, but it will change towards others.
0: I, um, I, I'm done. I'm done with Axanar. Yeah. I've been done for a while. This just is another nail in the coffin. The money I donated is lost forever. Right. I'll never see it again. Nope. Unless, you know, there's some miracle that, you know, we all get refunds, which is never going to happen.
1: I can't see that happening nope. either.
0: And well. it's like you said earlier, there's only one central point for the blame in this, and it's not CBS.
1: No, it's not CBS at all. I will. have always been one who, have, who has never thought that CBS was at fault in any way with this uh so.
0: for, for folks who, who think it is, I'm sorry, you're just wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to set aside your 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 love for Axanar, something that hasn't yet been created, and see the situation for what it is. Right. And Dan, let's just stop here to reiterate what we talked about earlier. To the best of our knowledge, right now, no other productions have received shutdown calls.
1: Yes, correct. Um, it is our understanding that no other productions uh, got a call like Tommy's. Uh, it's pretty cut and dry. With all that being said, and all the <clears throat> hostility and, and and bad feelings that we have right now, got to say once again what a class act Tony was uh, talking to us. Uh, just a... Uh, pinnacle of of hope and and uh, he's going to move on he's going to do great things uh we think that his new project is uh going to be very interesting um as we record this the plan is to have a kickstarter at least announcement tomorrow which would be saturday april 23rd um at least the announcement if not the actual kickoff we'll have more he'll have more details on his site um and uh, online tomorrow so we wanted to pass along that Uh, to all the folks.
0: We'll be sure to post the details on our Facebook page and on our Twitter for those who are interested. And we'll definitely have Tommy back to talk about this in depth a little more, because the concept sounds really exciting. You know, it It sounds like something that we as Star Trek fans could get behind. And I'm all for original content. Mm -hmm. You know, this sounds, uh, it sounds like it's going to speak to all of us. And and I'm excited for that.
1: Intriguing is the word that I first think of when when he told
0: us about what it was going to be like. Plus, Tommy's proven he can deliver something.
1: A home run. Knock it right out of the park. That's what? my phrase this week.
0: I know, isn't it? Ah. But, I mean, he's proven that he can give us a movie. Yep, he has. And we wish him all the best of luck. We really do. He's a wonderful guy. Um, and so I want to have him on just to talk Star Trek one of these days. Oh,
1: he's probably got a ton of information. Enterprise was his baby. so I know. Uh, I'm sure he's got a lot of stuff that uh, might even stump me on the Geek Show.
0: <laughs> I just might. <laughs> well, speaking of, of good stuff, Dan, there may be folks out there who have a differing opinion, or maybe they too have been um, burnt by Axonar to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, where can they send us that feedback?
1: They can send it to us in a lot of places. As everyone knows, Trek Geeks is our handle on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype. You can also email us at trekgeeks at Starfleet.com or leave us a voicemail at 508-784-1701. Uh, also go to speakpipe.com slash geeks if you want to leave voicemail through your PC or mobile device. Uh, and also now you can join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. Lots of great discussion out there. A lot of great people. Uh, and a big bonus, if you join Camp Kittimer, you're not going to get early access to every Trek geek podcast before they're released. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, join the group at facebook.com slash group slash Camp And as always, just remember that uh, if you say anything or post anything, chances are we're going to talk about it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty spot on. Hashtag thanks Axenar. Thanks Axenar. Of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't thank our friends in the band Five Year Mission, your house band for STLV. This in the fiftieth anniversary year of Star Trek. We can't wait to see them. We can't wait to give them some Febreze for five straight days of playing songs. Oof. I I don't know how they're going to do that, man.
1: Uh, that's going to be far delicious. I'll tell you.
0: I yeah, all right. Enough with the farc <laughs> adjectives. <laughs> You're killing him and me. I know. I'm really trying hard. You're trying too hard. Okay. <laughs> but please, head on out to fiveyearmission.net. Please, check out their music. It's really fantastic, and we think you'll love it. Every ounce of music you hear on this show is Five Year Mission, so odds are you're going to love it. So fiveyearmission.net, shell out some gold-pressed latinum, get yourself some tunes, treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for more great discussions, please... Please check out our friends at the Tricorder Transmissions. Six fantastic shows. Six. That's I, a lot. Still trying to get past that.
1: I can't deal with you for more than one, so I don't know how it's possible. You said that last week. I know. That's thats because I mean it.
0: <laughs> Whether it's their flagship show or, uh, or Shore Leave or Tabacron or What Are Little Songs Made Of, they really have some fantastic content over there. So please, please go on over to the thetricordertransmissions.com and check them out. And of course, if you're looking for the latest in Star Trek news on anything related to Trek, please make your first stop treknews.net. They're killing it over. there and doing a great job. For now, this has been episode 56 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We hope you all live long and prosper.
1: Hashtag thanks, coconut. <laughs> nice. I just went to the store because I had to get strawberries for my margarita. Bartles and James, oh, God. <laughs> so, who are you, Bartles or James? I um. Kudos on that artwork, man. That was freaking hysterical.
0: Thank you, thank you. I like to think I'm uh, the one that doesn't talk. Because with you, who could get a word in edgewise? Wow. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep.
1: If that's how you're gonna play it,
0: oh, that's how I'm gonna play it. Consider it played. You are played, sir. I played the. Wait, that did not sound right. <laughs> I cease thee, and I desist thee. You are ceasedeth, and you are deceithest. <laughs> I'm deceased. Deceased. Wait. Wow. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Wow, you're such a hater. You're such a drama queen. Mm. How is your wine? I am, how is your I wine cooler? More drama queen. <laughs> is it time for your coronation? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> what? Uh, are you having a wine cooler there tonight? There? No, Bartles? I've got a
1: margarita tonight.
0: I've got a margarita with a little extra tequila. I threw
1: in a little extra. Sure you do. I did. You can see, actually see it. See it.
0: That I looks get, like a wine fresh, cooler. It's like a, a green bottle. Leaf.
1: No, it's got okay, my Truck Geeks glass, though. Actually, is it my Deep Space Nine glass? Deep How do Space I know
0: Nine. you're not drinking a, uh, a Seagram's Golden Seagram Wine Cooler? cooler.
1: <laughs> now we have to link that.
0: It's wet and it's dry. My, 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 my. <laughs> wow, we're
1: singing 80s commercials. I
0: know. <laughs> I know, I can't wait to see the feedback we get on this one.
1: <laughs> this is definitely going in the year, Ender.
0: <laughs> this, uh, we should be careful, because we, we're probably borrowing someone else's IP, but we did less than 13 seconds of it, so we should be okay.
1: Uh, you know, technically, musical notes aren't just, you know, somebody's IP. Anybody can use them. It's kind of like a Klingon language, well, isn't it?
0: And this isn't a studio. This is technically a warehouse. That's true.
1: Yeah. No, you calling my house I call my house a warehouse now. No, my st- house. Okay. But uh, now see see here's the other thing. You are, you know, we we haven't really done a show yet tonight, so are you technically not the executive producer?
0: Uh that would be correct. There's nothing okay. that I have produced. Okay. All right. So I just wanted to make sure we were clear on that. I'm not the executive producer of something that hasn't been produced. Okay.
1: So if I want to talk to Somebody at Trek Geeks tonight about the show for tonight, I shouldn't call you. No. Okay. Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a gullible. <laughs> what a nin cow poop.
0: What's, what is with you? It's Bugs Bunny. No, I know and what I'm it like- is. Like, <laughs> How do you just instantly bounce between these things in your brain? Oh, dude, there's a lot of room to bounce in there. There are no segues in your world. None. No. None. Yikes! And away! <laughs> Yikes! And away! Boom! Yikes! <laughs> and away! <laughs>